Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Enzo Militia Final Four Recap Episode. I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. I'm also here with Captain Cademan. Bell time. Bell time. Bell tire. Bell time. Baltire. We're not sponsored by them. We can't say that. Not yet. <laughs> so uh, we had some very fun games over the over the over Friday night here. Uh, one was an absolute nail biter, but the other ones, uh, the teams that we talked about here, uh, handled went in and handled a lot of business there, Phil. Yeah, um, most of these games are uh, kind of blowouts out past uh, the couple of regions that you know you saw Division Five, Region Eighteen. That one was a pretty good game. Uh, you know, the Kirtland game was a pretty solid one as well. I think the only one seventeen nothing. I had to come out in the second half and play a good good second half. I think kind of just warmed down a little bit. Um, you know, I think uh, Salina played a really good game against Bishop Watterson. I think that was a really close game for most of the way. You know, Bishop Watterson kind of had to come back in that game. They were trailing, I think, 14 and nothing at one point and mm-hmm. um, had to come back and win that game. So, uh, and then you look at uh, in Division One, the 12-seeded Springfield team uh, moving on to the state championship game, and they're going to have to face a, a tall order. But um, you know, kudos to them for being a 12 seed and be able to get in. Absolutely. So let's get into the games here. Uh, Division Two with the Maslin Washington Tigers, 14-0, playing against the Anderson Raptors. Maslin winning this by a landslide, 55 to seven. Phil, what you got here, man? Uh, too much offensive line for Maslin. They're just too big up front. Controlled the line of scrimmage pretty much the entire game. Uh, started off pretty early. I think they had 21 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter and just kind of never looked back from there. Yeah, let's just say the train definitely got on the tracks a little early for Maslin. <laughs> I mean, they are just a different animal, man. I'm looking forward to that D2 state matchup. Absolutely. I believe they play um, Ander Ashup. Maslin Washington will play the number three seed Akron Archbishop Hoban in 13 and one Thursday at seven o'clock. I believe last year uh, they knocked him out in the state semifinals last year. I believe uh, knocking. I believe Maslin was also rocking an undefeated season that year. Also, they're undefeated every year, man. Let's be honest here. There's the well-oiled machine. Yeah, they are. They are very good. Division three. The Salina Bulldogs, 12-2, playing against Bishop Waters and Eagles. The Eagles winning this one, 27-14. Salina did have the lead 14-0, I believe, early on. And then before halftime, it was tied 14-14, Phil. Yeah, Bishop Watterson is, um, you know, they're a team that's been there. I think kind of just wore Salina down a little bit. You know, kind of had a feeling out process. Had to get, get used to what Salina uh, likes to do. You know, their quarterback, kind of a dual threat guy. They run a nice little uh, wildcat. Uh, formation too with Braylon Gabus. He's a nice dual threat running back and run up the middle with power and then he can kind of hit you on the outside with some of his speed and one cut you and he also runs uh, downhill and finishes downhill so he can break tackles too but uh, you know Bishop Watterson just kind of wore down uh, Salina there I think after they figured out their offensive scheme a little bit kind of was able to uh, demise that rushing attack a little bit and really just you know you get you get your plan of attack working all year, and then you kind of run into mm-hmm. a stone wall there. You kind of uh, maybe question, not question yourself as a play caller, but question, you know, what what can I run here? You know, things like that from a head coaching standpoint. And, you know, I think when you haven't been there uh, as recently as what Bishop Watterson yep. and as frequently as what mm-hmm. Bishop Watterson, Watterson has been, I think that kind of came into a play here. You know, and I, you know, you take, take nothing away from Salina. They played an incredible game. Uh, they had a fantastic uh, season. Uh, they really kind of just 
took the WBL by the reins there all season long. I mean, they were kind of the class there. Uh, you lose uh, the game to start the year against uh, a team that's playing in the Division Six state championship game on Saturday or uh, on uh, Friday. And uh, I just think that, you know, if you're if you're Salina, you take this and you look forward into next year to see how you can build on this and to see if maybe you can take that next step. Yeah. Their two losses came from Versailles-ville uh, at the beginning of the season, losing 26-0, and their other loss was against Wapak uh, at the end of the season for the WBL title. And obviously, uh, w they came in with a two-way tie that year, uh, this year in the WBL, which was a very competitive WBL game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Phil, a lot of credit, as you mentioned, to Salina. I mean, I know anybody in this room probably wouldn't have said they never would have got to this point. So mm -hmm. every test that they faced, they definitely responded very well. I think this one just came up a little bit short when you run into teams that have been there before. Mm -hmm. But credit to Salina. They've answered the, they answered the call for sure, and that's a captain's bell for them. <laughs> and so Bishop Watterson gets to play against the well-oiled juggernaut machine in the Central Catholic Fighting Irish. And speaking of them, the Fighting Irish beating Chardon, the Hilltoppers, 35. Chardon, Chardon thank you. 35 to 7, Phil. Uh, this was a game I kind of thought would be a little bit closer. I think Chardon was pretty physical at the defensive line of scrimmage for most of the year and, you know, just kind of felt felt uh, what that well oiled machine over there at uh, Toledo Central Catholic was like. Uh, you know, their quarterback is a pretty dynamic athlete. You know, he's he's got a really good arm, uh, has a really nice ball over the middle, which I think he threw two touchdown passes over the middle on Friday night where, uh, you know, just defenders kind of strung out maybe that backside zone and you get caught up in there between uh, as a safety, you know, not sure if you need to call play up or play deep. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of those middle routes are kind of hard to judge a little bit. And their quarterback does a really nice job of making those reads and hitting the, hit, hitting the wide receivers where he needs to hit them at and spots that he needs to get. Uh, those balls completed, you know, in good windows because, you know, Chardon was able to cover those guys for the most part. It was just, you know, athleticism really yep. just took kind of just took over. And, you know, they have this wildcat package as well. They have an, uh, an Iowa commit um, that just runs a really good wildcat. You know, he looked like he was going to be stymied for about a negative three-yard run and ended up getting a 12-yard touchdown. So uh, he's just – they just have so many athletes, Cade, and, you yep. know, they're able to do so much on offense because of it, and it makes it really, really hard to contain that offensive firepower. Yeah, it's really hard for a defense to match up with Central Catholic so much because oh, yeah. they're not only fast, but they're big. I mean, their offensive line starts right there. They are huge. 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 Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, but this score kind of surprised me a little bit. I know when we were at the Liberty game, we were looking at the scoreboard for updates. I'm like, wow, really? It's kind of surprising. But I guess I really shouldn't be too surprised. They've done it all year. And Chardon has an impressive resume, too. So I think that's kind of what blew me away a little bit about this score. Now, one thing is, though, I did notice in the Central Catholic game, uh, their special teams struck again. And they took, I think they took one or two back to the house on, on the ensuing kickoffs. Wow. So their special teams struck again, which is big. Absolutely big in the final four. Mm. So we head on over to Division Four, the Glenville Tar Blooders playing against the Canton South Wildcats. The Tar Blooders win this one at 42 to 21. Phil. Yeah, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Glenville just too strong up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, kind of figured that they were in, that they were going to come out of that uh, side of that bracket there to play for state. You know, coming back in the uh, to try to play against uh, you know defend that state championship that they won last year and you know they had a tough road last year so i know that they are battle tested 
uh, especially over the last couple of seasons, and they know what it's like to play uh, in a tough atmosphere over there in Canton, which you're going to see uh, all weekend. And, you know, weather is supposed to be interesting this weekend. We'll see how that turns, you know, maybe on Wednesday, see if that changes a little bit. But um, looking forward to that Division Four state final uh, matchup, which we'll go over here later on. Absolutely. Phil, I, I forgot to ask you this earlier on the Central Catholic one. Do you think Central Catholic is the easy favorite going into the state title game? I think Central Catholic has just so many weapons yeah. offensively that it really makes them hard to pick what you're going to do defensively. Uh, Columbus Bishop Watterson, a team that's been there, I just don't think that they've seen uh, the athletes and the uh, line of scrimmage movement that they're going to see up front. You know, I, I do think uh, Bishop Watterson does have the um, strength defensively to stop the run game. I just don't know for how, how long. long. Yep. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to have a package to keep up with some of the speed because I think where Toledo Central Catholic is really the most dangerous at is when they get those fast kids uh, in the slot Mm -hmm. and match them up with a linebacker man-to-man or a linebacker over the top in a zone, which basically means that you as a linebacker have to choose where you want to go against this slot receiver, and if you pick wrong, you get burnt because Mm -hmm. they're good enough in space that they're going to make you miss and make you pay. So it's uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough tough ask against Central Catholic. I would say if I had to pick, they're probably a 14-17 point favorite in my opinion. Okay. Yep. So remember Zane on the last episode, Ken South, they had a, a quarterback that was Mr. Ohio Football, and he's yep. actually a finalist right now. So oh, really? I'm hoping that he can he can win that for them. That would be so awesome. Absolutely. So we head on to Division 5. The Liberty Center Tigers playing against the Valley View Spartans. The Tigers win this one in an absolute defensive showdown. Phil, I know you got a lot for us here. Um, this was an interesting ball game. You know, it was kind of two teams that just uh, were, were going at it uh, back and forth there in the first couple of quarters. And, uh, you know, Liberty Center <clears throat> kind of was plagued a little bit by drops, yep. uh, you know, on their first couple drives. Just had a hard time catching the football out there. I'm not sure if maybe the weather uh, a little chilly out there, you know. Uh, affecting the hands but uh, nevertheless you know they did have a couple of uh, times there where they had some drives that could have been extended by completing passes that they were unable to and you know I think for the most part they cleaned up the penalties I don't you know there was a little stretch there in the game that kind of got a little questionable from my standpoint but you know no reason to harp on that Uh, just you know a couple things that maybe Liberty Center can clean up and outside of that you know they played a really clean football game not many penalties uh Really, not many turnovers. I don't know. I don't think they had any turnovers, honestly. I don't think they no, did. No. Uh, so, so that was a, a good thing for them. Uh, running the football, they had 45 carries for 209 yards, led on the ground by Trenton Cruz with 30 carries for 184 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had nine first downs, uh, first down runs. Landon Amstutz had two carries for uh, three yards and, a, and the touchdown. Colton Cruz, 10 carries for 27 yards. Uh, tough rushing the, uh, the ball for Colton, but you know what? Uh, Trenton was able to pick up some of that slack, had a really nice game. Landon Amstutz was 3 of 11 for 44 yards. Uh, you know, a couple first down uh, pitch and catch throws there that, you know, I thought was one of them was really nice. Katie kind of rolled out, rolled out, rolled out, rolled out, and then last minute you get Landon Cruz that comes up yep. open on that play there on a big third down conversion. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what Landon Amstutz has done so well all yep. season is just be patient and wait for his opportunities yep. to, to open up, and then he makes the right play. Yep, that's exactly what a quarterback's taught. Keep your eyes down the field for open receiver because those linebackers, those corners are going to try to come up and tackle you. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, the Liberty Center's defense deserves a lot of credit. There's a big play mid-third quarter where 
They pinned him deep on the two-yard line. I think it was Bachelman who came behind and had a strip sack and recovered the ball on the one yard It was actually Garrison Cruz. Was it Garrison yep, Cruz? and Bachelman was the one that recovered it. Okay, Bachelman's yes. the one covered. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, that was a big change in momentum in that game, too, because at offense, that's averaging 47 points a game, and you held him to 10. That's just phenomenal defense by the Liberty. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing is uh, special teams did play a factor in this game. Uh, made Both teams were stuck in there some deep, some very deep territory, and uh, Liberty did get stuck on that a little bit when uh, um, Valley View got into uh, into the red zone the on their first trip, on their third or fourth drive, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah, Coach Muller mentioned it too that um, they did a really nice job holding them to a field goal on that. I think yep. he sought that out as a as a big win for his defense. Uh, you know, as, as uh, he mentioned, a prolific offense. You give them, you know, positive territory on their on the forty yard line. You know, you would think that offense is going to be able to cash in on points, and you know, Liberty Center just did a really nice job. And, and another yep. thing is they had uh, six um, or ten tackles for loss. Uh, yep. On Friday night, and I think that's a big thing to mention. It seemed like every all those bread and butter plays, maybe that um, Valley View ran with their quarterback, some mm-hmm. read options, and you know they did a really nice play where they would fake the handoff and they would run the quarterback out, and he would have the option to run and yep. or pass uh, to the sideline, and you know everything was just kind of an option for the quarterback. He always had two different plays he could make, and that tells you just how good he really is and how yep. much that coach over there trusts him to make legit. the right play. So. Uh, Colton Cruz led the team, or excuse me, Landon Cruz led the team in tackles with eight. Colton Cruz had seven tackles, including three tackles for loss. Garrison Cruz had six tackles and making his first uh, varsity start as a freshman in the state semifinals. He had two sacks as well, including the strip sacks, uh, the strip sack that he had down there uh, towards the goal line, which. You know, there was a holding penalty on the play right before that on Valley View, which they got their longest run of the game. It was probably 15, 16 yards, uh, and it was called back for holding, yep. uh, which pinned them down in that in it's that area. Five. So uh, they were able to get that as well. Um, but, you know, good as far as that goes, I think they had a good, you know, a pretty solid game. You know, only thing that they could probably fix there, uh, the kick return. You know, you want to adjust that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Valley View, they had 184 total yards of offense. 14 to 25 through the air for 186 yards for Caden Henson. Um, rushing the football, Michael Valenti, four, four carries for 14 yards. Caden Henson, Henson, 13 carries for negative 17 yards. Ooh. And Anthony Valenti had one carry for one yard, which is a grand total of 18 carries for negative two total yards on the running, rushing the football. Uh, on the receiving end, Micah Valenti had four catches for 62 yards. Anthony Valenti had two catches for 36 yards. And Landon Malara had four catches for 62 yards. Uh, Jed Lynch also had four catches for 26 yards. So spread out there. Defensively, Caesar Berryman had 10 tackles. Tristan Smith with nine. Landon Malara with eight. Micah Valenti with eight. And Bryce Reed also with eight tackles. But big difference there. Only three tackles for lost uh, for Valley View compared to the 12 for Liberty Center. So uh, kind of our, our 12 or 10, I think it was, but uh, kind of the big difference there. Micah Valenti did have that 83-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. But, yes. um, you know, based, bottom line is, you know, Valley View was uh, – Running the ball for about 221 yards a game, yep. uh, ran for negative two yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caden Henson had 187 yard or 176 yards rushing last week against uh, the Waynesville team that they beat to to get to to play Liberty Center. Uh, that was a rematch too, and that was a rematch. And that was the only game that Valley View lost in the regular season. Um, 
just kudos to Liberty Center's defense for really, uh, you know, District five, our uh, District Northwest District uh, Division Five Player Offensive Player of the Year. Just uh, really kind of just held him in check. Um, just great job there by the Tigers, and uh, you know they're gonna. You know, they're going to have their hands full again next week against another tough opponent. But, you know, watching some film, uh, they're a team that likes to have big plays. So Liberty Center's done a really, really nice job of limiting those all year. So I think that's going to be another key for them moving forward in the state championship game. Absolutely. And uh, the one thing that you mentioned on the defense there, Phil, uh, they were able to collapse that pocket and make their quarterback uh, uh, scramble or get a little bit out of his comfort zone and uh, um, – Got, took a lot more sacks than I was expecting that night uh, on Friday night. You know, Kate, it just seemed like every time Liberty Center needed a big play, a big sack, or, you know, just kind of a, a spark maybe where they yep. felt like they might have just gotten a little bit on their heels, it seemed like that front three attack, uh, the three-headed spear, if you will, of of Seth Navarre and, and Xander Zyder and Landon Bockelman just really just came through. You know, Z uh, Xander had a big sack there in the first quarter, also had a big fumble recovery off the Bockelman strip sack that he had in the second quarter. And, you know, it just seemed like the defensive line just always answered the bell whenever they needed a big play. And, man, what a game that all those kids had. Yep. Obviously the whole defense because, you know, it takes a whole unit. But those defensive front three really just put the pressure on that kid all night and really no yards in that read option game. Yeah, they deserve a lot of credit. The coaches deserve a lot of credit too for putting them into good positions to stop those runs. Nice job watching film, preparing them. And, Phil, I think you said a defense wins championships. And, boy, that couldn't be any truer right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think another big thing to mention too is that I think we got to give the whole defensive line another additive, if you will, to add to the to the hardware that they would get, if you will. Uh, you know, they did such a nice job with their speed and their mechanics and their footwork were footwork covering that read option. You know, there was never any point in time where it seemed like that quarterback had had a clear. Uh, lane, lane to run yeah. at any point yeah. in time and and you know that takes a lot of uh discipline yep. and uh and and film watching as Cade yep. mentioned to be able to, to read what they're doing out there and know what you have to make that play and you know I think Bachelman they had him they, they left him unblocked yep. and we're gonna read what he did and he just blew the play up you know, because he's so quick and so fast mm -hmm. and so good on his feet. So I just think that the whole defensive line there with their footwork um, really goes unnoticed. You know, I think they ran a couple of screen plays, uh, did Valley View that, you know, one of them worked really well. The second one, I mean, the, the pressure was just got there so quick. They yeah. couldn't complete, they couldn't even complete that pass or it probably would have went for big yards too. But yeah. um, it just, like you said, you know, credit the coaching staff as well for calling some pretty timely blitzes. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you get a you get a blitz coming at you, you might accidentally forget to block a guy and then, you know, I think that's kinda how some of those turnovers was were and then, you know, your quarterback tries to extend plays, that's where you get some of those holding penalties that we saw there on that last drive that kinda yeah. hurt them a little bit. So uh, just all the way around an excellent effort and, you know, once again Grady Miller, Cam Colley, those guys that were covering on the outside one heck of a ball game for them, and you know Thomas Muller as well having a really nice game. I think a little bit, a little bit of redemption. Uh, you know, I think he kind of felt a little bit picked on maybe from Coldwater, and boy, did he really, Respond. he really stepped yeah. up and responded to the play because he had a really, really nice game on Friday night. 
the the one thing that you mentioned about the quarterback uh, limiting his lanes and all that. I think his only his, his biggest gain he was was a QB blast for like 15 yards or something like, somewhere. No, around. I think his biggest gain was maybe like 13. 13 no, I don't. Yeah. It might have even been that. I'll tell you. Yeah, Excuse he was he was a very good runner though. He I mean, was that's a good credit runner, to every yeah. center's um, defense. I yeah. think it was like a third down. They ran the QB blast and uh, he. There was a lane there, and then after that, I think that was his, that was his only biggest. His longest had. run was eight yards. Eight yards. Eight yards. Yep. Okay. We and wrong. I think that I think that too. Uh, you know, our 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 defensive linebackers are so quick with their reads. You know, whether it's a pass or a run up the middle or whatever it may be, they're just so quick with their reads. Yep. You know, it's just you know it makes them. It, it, they're so effective. Absolutely. Yep. So quick with your reads, just the lane closes so fast. Looks like you got daylight, and here, here comes like three or four tigers at you. So, it closes fast. Absolutely. So we head on over to Division Six, the Columbus Grove Bulldogs playing against the Versailles Tigers. Versailles wins this one, thirty to thirteen. Phil. This was a really good game in the first uh, in the first half. Um, I just think that Columbus Grove maybe ran out a little bit of gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had to play. Play kind of on a full, full empty or full tank last week. Kind of emptied a little bit against Bluffton. I think maybe kind of just ran out of gas there a little bit in the second half mm-hmm. because they were right with them guys in the first yep. half. I think they were playing well, stopping the run a little bit, and then I think Versailles kind of just just started imposing their will a little bit. You know, yeah. uh, that's kind of what they're and known also to their do. Buses and broke down on the way there too. That was just their band bus. Oh, um, the band but bus. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, I just think it was pretty methodical drives there from Versailles that kind of just wore Columbus Grove down. I, I, you know, I don't think they were able to get some stops on third down uh, earlier in the first half, which I think kind of led to some of those longer drives and, you know, really kind of took the, took the sails out of Columbus Grove, you know, Division Six school with not super big depth. Yeah. So I think that might have came into play a little bit there as well. So, you know, great season from Columbus Grove. I don't think a lot of people expected them to be back in that situation, especially when they lost the graduation class that they did. I mean, the Schaefer kid at quarterback was unbelievable. So um, kudos to Grove for having a really nice season. Uh, Versailles just uh, played a little bit better of a football game on Friday night. But, you know, you picked Versailles, and, uh, you know, I don't think it comes to a surprise to UK that they were able to kind of pull away from this game and win it. Yeah, I think it was just a fill-each-other-out process again. Two hard-nosed physical teams that want to run the football at you. Mm-hmm. I just think when it came down to – sorry. <laughs> I think what it came down to was I think Versailles just kind of wore Grove down a little bit because of the mm-hmm. lack of depth. I mean, Grove kids are strong and tough, but they're not very big. I'm sure that played a little bit of a factor, mm-hmm. especially as you get to that third or fourth quarter where you're just getting wore down. And wonder, Do you have the stats for Trenton Barraza by chance? No, I didn't get. Uh, no, I didn't get sent Columbus Grove stats this yep. weekend. Okay, yeah, hard-nosed teams going at it. Just sometimes that happens. Team gets wore down. And credit to Grove, though, they're still being really, really consistent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't surprise me a bit if they were back here next year. They're somehow they're just going to find a way. Absolutely. And so also staying in Division Six, the Kirtland Hornets playing the Garraway Pirates. The Hornets win this one in a shutout, 17-0. A game that was very, uh, very competitive here, Phil. Well, I'm actually going to defer a little bit here to uh, to Cade Man on this yeah. one because me and him had had some conversations throughout the week last week, just you know a little bit back and forth about how we thought this might have been the best uh, lightweight, the best game on the sheet, just with how physical both of these teams, two teams are. Garraway is a team that you know just really likes to really likes to do the same things that Kirtland does. So yep. it's pretty much like playing against a mirror uh, if you're those two teams. And I'm, I'm going to defer to him first and just kind of give him the floor because I think he kind of nailed the head on this one about how good of a football game it was going to be. 
Yeah, we're a low scoring game, hard nosed defensive teams. I think it's just another feel, feel each other out process. Let the coaching mm-hmm. staff get together at halftime, make your adjustments. I thought it was going to be a little higher score. I had 28 21, but mm-hmm. to put zero on Garraway, that's pretty impressive. I'm, mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked by that zero on the scoreboard, but give credit to Kerwin. There's a reason why they've been here so many times. Now, not that Garraway hasn't, but Kerwin's just a different animal right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think at the end of the at the end of the day, you looked. It was zero to zero at halftime, and yeah. what does that tell you? You know, you you just look, and it was just who has better conditioning. I think was another thing. I mean, guys, it's it, you know you got to remember it's week fifteen out here. You yeah. know, there's there's some lingering things going on, and you know people are going to get a little bit more tired, and it gets colder, so the the falls hurt just a smidgen more, and yep. and you know all those things have their own little factors involved in there, and I just think that. You know the way that Kirtland plays football is perfect for this time of year. So yep. if you look, if you looked at the 14 teams that we have left in the state championships game, championship games, you would say all of them have a very, very good running game. And I think that's what really it comes down to when it gets cold and rainy and nasty, and you got to be able to run the football. And I think all these teams have been able to run the football, but you also have to be able to to throw the ball when you need to throw the ball, when teams are starting to stack the box. And, you know, I think that might have been where Salina might have gotten tripped up just a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't have to depend so much on the passing game over the first four, four and a half weeks of the the postseason and kind of got in some trouble with that. And, you know, I think you got, you know, you go back to the regular season, you talk a little bit about Ayersville. I think that's where they got them in trouble a little bit, you know, struggled a little bit completing some of those passes off of the successful running game. And, Mm -hmm. You know, when you get stuffed in the box on first down and second down and 10 and second down and 9, second down 11, those downs become harder when the other team feels like you can't throw on them. And I think that's something that these teams late in the year also have that ability to. May not have to throw it 10, 15, 21 times a game, but 8, 9 completions, going to get the job done. Yeah, and Kirtland's actually coming off another shutout in the regional title game from last week against Mogador, 42-0. So seventeen nothing. So back to back. You have two shutouts in the that's regional impressive. title and the regional title and the final four. That's very that's impressive. impressive. Well, they have three stud linebackers over there, curling guys. I mean, they just fly to the ball. Uh, I mean, they are really, really good. One of they they can play at the line of scrimmage. They can play off. I mean, they're just like they play a lot like Liberty. Their snipers do. They're just mm-hmm. fast, explode to the football, and they wrap up so so well. And I think I just want to mention that before we move on, go back to Valley View real quick. They did a phenomenal job wrapping up and tackling in the open space. There was a couple times I thought TK might have been able to scoot free a little bit for some more bigger yardage plays. I think CK had a couple of ones too, but they really grabbed a hold of legs and did not let go. They held on for dear life. So give give a a lot of credit there to Valley View. A little little bit more of an Archibald thing. Archibald did really good with their open field tackling also. So they did really props to them. So we head on over to our last game, the Division 7, the Patrick Henry Patriots playing against the Marion Local Flyers. The Flyers winning this one on running clock, 42-0, Phil. Yeah, you know, Patrick Henry just uh, struggled in the passing game a little bit, you know, against a stout running defense like Marion Local. You know, they're really not going to give up much in the ground game. You're going to have to have some kind of passing attack. Houston Miranda, 11 carries, 63 yards. Lincoln Krieger, 11 carries for 11 yards. So just really not much on the ground there. Um Passing the football, Lincoln Krieger was 7 of 22 for 97 yards. Um, Thomas Smith, three receptions, 54 yards. Landon Johnson, two receptions, 28 yards. 
Houston Miranda, two receptions for 15 yards. So uh, just struggled throwing the football, running the ball. They had 26 carries for 80 yards. Uh, so just, just had a hard time sustaining drives. Uh, when you look at <clears throat> Marion local, um, Ethan Heitkamp had nine carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Kyle Lott had seven res- attempts for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Camden Eifert, uh, two carries for 24 yards. Drew Laus, two attempts for 23 yards. Um, receiving Kyle Ott, four receptions, 25 yards. Ethan Heitkamp, one reception for nine. Andrew Pullman, one reception for nine. Passing the ball, Justin uh, Knauf, not, uh, six of 12 for 43 yards. He also had seven carries for nine yards and a touchdown. Um, total offense, 44, um, 44 plays for 230 yards. Uh, I do know that Marion Local did block a punt uh, for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were some some turnovers and things like that. They also uh, had a fumble, uh, so just tough sledding there. They were down 21 to nothing in the first quarter, and uh, you know Marion Local just really never looked back. Uh, you know a lot of kudos to Patrick Henry over there for having a really really good season. Uh, you know Lincoln Craig are kind of thrown in the fire a little bit there. He had a really nice year in the last games that he was able to start and play. And uh, you know credit to Bill Inselman and the staff over there for having those kids ready to go week in and week out despite all the injury troubles that they had over there. So uh, a lot of credit to those guys. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and Marion Local will be playing against the Dalton Bulldogs, who are also Dalton. happen to be orange and black. Dalton's, uh, Dalton's an interesting good, team, but before we before we move on to our state championship games, I want to get our um, interviews from after the Liberty Center victory over Valley View. Go, Phil. And we are here now with victorious Liberty Center football players Hunter Spangler and Colton Chambers after their state semifinal victory, 14 to 10. Hunter, we'll start with you. Congratulations. You guys are going to the state championship game next week. What does it mean to you, and how does it swim feel? Well, it just, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic feeling, you know. My parents, my dad went there when he was in high school, and it just it's really big to uh, this football team and this community. Golden, man, you, you guys fell up a little bit short last year. I know that one stung. You guys get back here again this year. You get over that hump. What does this victory mean for you as a senior, uh, leaving it all out there on the field and get to play for a state title next week? It means so much to me because last year, you know, we were here, we fell short. The seniors last year, they led us so far. And this year, just to be able to come back, work together, get all the underclassmen on the same page and get back here was just great. The Lord has blessed us so much. Hunter, you know, we want to talk a, bit, a little bit about you. You kind of came in under fire a little bit last week, kind of took over at the center spot. You get the start tonight. You guys were a little bit slow there in the first quarter, maybe just getting your feet wet a little bit. What was the difference for you guys there in the second half when you guys were able to start churning out big chunks of yardage on the ground game? Well, there was, wasn't really much of a difference. It was just execution, I feel like. And, uh, we just kind of made plays when we had to. Aiden Talent joining us now here. We'll bring you in a little bit. Uh, Aiden, talk about your guys' defensive effort here tonight against a team who averages 40-some points a game and really knows how to light up the scoreboard. Talk about your guys' defensive effort tonight and how you guys were able to contain that offense. I think we did an outstanding job all night long. Giving up not a defensive touchdown is crazy, especially against a good offense like this where you have a QB that can scramble and it's hard to keep them apart. Absolutely. Uh, we'll leave you guys with one more. I know you guys want to go celebrate with your team. Hunter, what do you guys got to do next week to keep it rolling? You know, you get a very good Perry team, obviously. We are a very good team also. What does the Liberty Center Tigers have to do to keep it rolling back to get a state championship next week? I think our focus level has to be like the best it's been all year. Our 
just the scout team has to perform to their best and play your keep it rolling. Yeah, Absolutely. keep it rolling. Cole, what does it mean to you uh, to get a, another chance to play in front of uh, what was an ecstatic crowd here all mm -hmm. night long? Just talk about maybe the atmosphere and what it's like to get to enjoy that for one more week. The atmosphere of this game was insane. I mean, we, could, we <laughs> yeah. couldn't even hear Amstutz when he was calling the plays. I mean, it was just amazing. But to go do that again with even bigger crowd is just amazing, and I can't wait. Aiden, what, what does it mean to you and this Tiger football team to get to the state championship game and be able to play one more week? Final four, or final 14 teams left in the state. What does it mean to you? It means everything. This is something you look forward to all four years of high school. This is something that hasn't happened in 20 years. It's insane to me. Congratulations, guys. And we will see you next week in Canton, Ohio, for this Division Five state championship right. game. Good luck, Thanks, gentlemen. Guys. Thank you so much. And that was our post-game interviews of the Liberty Center Tigers. So we head on over to – we're going to be heading, talking about our the upcoming state championship games that will be starting on Thursday, correct, Phil? Yeah, I believe Division Two starts on Thursday. This one's going to be at 7 p.m. Uh, again, all these games are being played at <clears throat> Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium over in Canton, Ohio. It starts on Thursday at 7 o'clock. It'll be – the Maslin Washington Tigers taking on the Akron Archbishop Hoban. Uh, do we know what they Knights. are? The Knights. Yes. Uh, Thirteen and one. Again, this game being played Thursday at seven p.m. Looking over at the schedule for Friday, December first. Number one seeded, fourteen and one, Kirtland, the Hornets. 14 and 1 will take on the Versailles Tigers at 13 and 2. That's going to be a colossal matchup there. Friday at 10:30 a.m. That one's going to be a chilly yeah. one there on Friday morning, but should be a really really nice football game. The second game on the venue for Friday is at 3 p.m. and that is the Toledo Central Catholic Fighting Irish at 15 and 0 going against the number Four-seeded Columbus Bishop Watterson, the Eagles, I believe, at 14-1. and one. And that's game, uh, again, going to be played Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, that one should be a pretty solid game as well. Mm -hmm. Both of those teams' uh, experience in the state championship game. In Division One on Friday night at 7.30 p.m., mm -hmm. it is going to be – they're not even ranked, guys – Outside of the top ten, okay? They were the number 12 seed. They were the 12 seed entering the tournament. Um, Springfield, I believe, they're the Wildcats. 10-5 uh, and five will be taking on the number one Lakewood St. Edwards Eagles. I got you. Give me one second. I want to say they're the Eagles for some reason, but I'm probably wrong. And they are 13-1, and one, and that game will be played yep. on Friday. Are they the Eagles? Yep. Friday at 7.30 uh, p.m., uh, and that one, again, all these games being played at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. And then rounding out the state championship weekend, you'll have Saturday at 10.30 a.m., the number one seeded Maria Stein, Marion Local, at 15-0, riding their 47-game winning streak, will take on the number five seeded Dalton team, who's coming off of a 55-7 win uh, over there, over I uh, can't remember who they played. Um, Cade will give me that information in just yeah. a second. But, uh, you know, just a great – a pretty – I'm telling you what, man, this Dalton team is a nice they're, – they're a solid football team. Bulldogs. Um, the Dalton Bulldogs? Yep, orange and black. Who did they play? They played last week. Uh, 
give me one. I'll tell I you. I thought I had it down. I got it right here. Okay. Dalton played against Caldwell, and Caldwell. Uh, that game actually started the worst possible way it could have for Caldwell. Uh, the first play from scrimmage was a fumble and uh, recovered by Dalton. Three plays later, it was 7 nothing. So before they played 45 seconds of uh, of game clock, it was 7 nothing Dalton. And I think mm-hmm. I think that was just kind of the – that was just kind of it right there. Um, you know, it was just – it was just a, a kind of a snowball from there. I think they kind of got the, the air sucked out of them right away on that first play. Unfortunately, just kind of never were able to recover and uh, pick up after that. But, uh, you know, Marion Local going to play this Dalton team. It should be it should be a very, very good football game. I mean, those are two teams that really will get, you at, get at you at the line of scrimmage. Uh, both teams like to uh, sustain drives, not not on the big plays, more sustaining drives. So that should be a really, really good competition. Yeah, their only loss came to Kirkland at the uh, week. Dalton, one. correct. Yep, fourteen to seven. Uh, so this this is going to be a really, really good matchup to watch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if Marion Local ended up getting beat here by Dalton, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, if there was a team that had the ability to do it, if you only lose fourteen to seven to a team like Kirkland. Uh, obviously, you're competing. You're doing some. You're doing some things the right way. They had a 58, I think, game-winning streak uh, that was ruined this year by Perry. So, uh, yeah, they're they're a really good football team. And then rounding out, or uh, excuse me, on Saturday at 3 p.m., the number one seed, the Perry Pirates, 15 and 0, will take on the number two seeded, the Liberty Center Tigers, also at 15 and 0, setting the school record for most wins in a season on Friday night with 15. Uh, Breaking the record, which stood for uh, just about 365 calendar days. Uh, so congratulations there to them on that school record. Uh, Liberty Center, you know, a team that has limited the big plays all season long. Perry, a team that likes to throw it short a little bit there off the run game and uh, get it to their, some of their athletes that they have in space. Break play, break tackles for big plays. Could be an interesting ball game. Perry likes to run it too. Liberty Center stops has stopped the run all season long. So definitely going to be one at the line of scrimmage. And then rounding out the state championship weekend is going to be Saturday at 7.30 p.m. It'll be number five, the Cleveland-Glenville Tarblooders mm. taking on the 12-3 Kettering Archbishop Alter. Can anyone tell me what they are? Are they the Warriors? I'm Saturday at 7.30 sure. p.m. Give me one moment, Phil. I got you. But that game will be uh, that that game should be a pretty Knights. pretty the Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game will be a pretty interesting one, uh, as as uh, Archbishop Alter has notoriously taken down some pretty good teams. I know they've kind of jumped back and forth. I think from Division Three and Division Four, so they've had experience in higher divisions as well. So yeah, they have I believe they have experience against Maslin, or is this another Archbishop team? That's the other one. That's, That's Arch. One. Yeah. yeah, this is Archbishop Alter. Okay. Oh, it's Archbishop Moeller. Moeller. You're thinking of Archbishop Moeller. Maybe even Archbishop Hoban. Both. I think it's Hoban. Could be both because they're all notoriously there all the time. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's there's going to be a very fun. There's going to be a very fun uh, state weekend. week. A yep. Very fun weekend here. Uh, uh, we look forward to all these state title games. I wish the best of luck to all of them. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a good it's going to be a good week for us guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the state championship weekend, you know. Um, because this is the first time Liberty's in since 25, 25 years. years. 25 19, years, 1998. Yes. Um, you know, it, 
with the team that they have, the defense that they have, the ability that they have to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liberty Center is kind of a control-your-own-destiny type team as long as they're able to not turn it over. I think they want to play of a two a two to under 20 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can keep a team under 14, under 20, I feel like they like their chances to win. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a low-scoring game in that one. Um, I would be surprised if it was anything less than a high-scoring game uh, in the Toledo Central Catholic Bishop Wanderson game. I think that's the only way you're going to be able to beat Central Catholic is in a shootout. And, mm-hmm. and I know that's kind of kind of eh, because you know I'm not sure if you want to get into a shootout with that kind of athleticism. But I don't know any other way that you can do it because I don't know if you can stop them for four quarters and be able to hold them uh, that prolific offense and those prolific receivers. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you know. Uh, Championship weekend on the horizon. Uh, familiar faces in there with Kirtland and Marion Local, usually two teams that find a way to play each other. So, you know, Kate, I'm sure those teams yep. are really happy not to have to see each other this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. You know, even if you're just a fan of high school football or football in general, if your school's not in it or just get down there and check it out, it's an awesome time. Absolutely. You might be able to, you'd be able to tour the Hall of Fame. That would be really which I cool. I do plan on checking out. I do plan on te- checking that one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just smarter to go down there and stay rather than making the two-hour and 40-minute trip yep. there just to turn around and make it back. Uh, you know, the weather's calling for a little bit of rain. Not cold, but a little bit of rain, so that could affect some higher uh, potent passing teams. Uh, but, you know, when I look down the list of these uh, state championship teams, um, like I said kind of earlier in the episode, teams that really like to establish the line of scrimmage, Maslin Washington dominant at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. uh, Archbishop Hoban usually a pretty effective running game. Then you look at Kirtland and Versailles, both two teams that like to establish the line of scrimmage. You know, Kate, honestly, mm-hmm. outside of maybe the Liberty Perry game, I think Kirtland Versailles could be one of the better matchups on the sheet as long as Versailles isn't intimidated by, oh my gosh, we're playing Kirtland because I think that mental aspect definitely has to be definitely has to be thought of as a factor mm-hmm. here. You know, Versailles has been here before. I'm not sure how really feel how intimidated they're going to be. I don't think they're going to line up scared and say, oh, my gosh, we, everyone knows who they are. But I think when you're – my mindset as a coach is you got to remember, these guys are your age. They do everything the same thing you guys do. They're no different than us. We just got to go out and play our game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Phil, we got some shout-outs, and we can call this one a day. Just want to give a shout-out to uh, AB Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. You can call Austin Purdue and the guys at 419-906-1627. Uh, give them a call, shoot them a text for a free quote, shoot them an email at uh, abperfectionistpainting at gmail.com. Like I said, free quotes, he'll come over there, uh, check out what you want them to do. Uh, uh, the drywall guys will come knock it out for you, and uh, painters will paint it up nice and good for you. It's quality painting made easy. Also, like to say thank you to Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training with Jordan Berdue and Dorian Hooker and Barbie Munn and the whole gang over there at the uh, the gym. Uh, great, great atmosphere, great people, and... Uh, uh, just a great place to go if you want to be a better you. And also a thank you to LC Tiger Sports Live for the use of the wonderful equipment in here in the studio. Uh, love coming in here on Sundays and chopping up some football. Absolutely. Shout out to KK Collision with Kyle Kern. Call them at 888-533-7801. Uh, heavy duty towing. Uh, whatever you do, don't make them mad. Three cord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it. With Shane Hollenball. The Tiger Den Dairy Bar with the Snyder family. And when they come back in the season, just ask for Duke Burger and tell them we sent you. Mayor Bain Hop are known as Meyer Bain Hop Insurance. Uh, servicing the people since 1933, the people of Northwest Ohio. 
and Chambers Control with uh, Kirk Chambers, high techy stuff with uh, solar panels and all that good stuff and give Phil headaches for days. And SWAT and Welding with Norm Zyder Fabrication Services and helping out Northwest Ohio Athletics over the years. And with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. I'm your co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. Captain, Captain Caveman. And this is Endzone Militia.